Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back. Welcome back. Now, if you're a long-time listener or this is your first time listening or checking in with the Align Self Podcast, I still consider you a friend. In fact, virtually every person I meet, I consider a friend up front. And then you just have to maintain that relationship over time. Sometimes uh, you drop the ball, sometimes I drop the ball, but uh, that's the beginning point. I, I begin with the assumption that we are and can be long-term friends. Now, in this episode, I'm going to talk about the three or four investments or choices that you can make that will change and alter your life for the better. Now, originally, I was going to call this the three best investments you can make, but uh, I didn't want to attract the wrong audience. So you probably saw the title as something different. But every time we make a choice, we're actually choosing to invest our time and energy and focus in a particular area. Now, it's been my experience that there are three or four areas where we can focus on that will yield the greatest amount of results or the biggest bang for your buck, so to speak. Now, another way to think about this is utilizing these three or four ideas as organizing principles. Um, buckets, so to speak, buckets in which to allocate your resources, to focus your energies. Now, bucket number one would be self-investment, self-improvement. Now, for most people, this doesn't even occur to be an idea on their radar. Now, I realize that that statement does not apply to you, not in any way, shape, or form, because frankly, you're listening to this podcast which is all about personal growth, personal investment, personal skill building. But the average person basically gives up books, basically gives up bettering themselves after age 25. Once school is done, once college is done, once their initial job training is done, they really don't pick up a book, they really don't invest any more energy or time or money into their personal development. Yet by contrast, there is probably no other area that you could invest in, even real estate or gold, that would yield as great a benefit as will be investing in yourself, increasing your skill level, increasing your education, increasing your mental capabilities, your thinking skills. And next to increasing mind mastery, I would say building communication skills is probably the next highest order of priority. And when I say priority, I mean the focus of investing your money, your time and resources should be in personal development, becoming better today than you were yesterday. Fortunately, I learned this lesson early on in life. Now, I basically just had books accessible to me, but I lived in the library. When I was early on in life, I couldn't afford books, so I was in the library all the time because I was hungry to learn. Now, I wasn't all that hungry until I was about age 13. And that's when I had the epiphany that I really didn't have as many friends as I wanted. And there weren't as many people that called me a friend. 
So the first book that I really invested myself, where I read it and I studied it and I read it again, was How to Win Friends and Influence People. And in reflection, I can say that the material I gleaned from that book has made me lots of money. Lots. It's built me friends. It's built me connections. It's. I can't imagine my life being where it is today had I not read that book. And it also taught me another valuable lesson is that we cannot necessarily see the long-term value of one good idea. It's kind of like the, the parable that only God can count the number of apples in an apple seed. And personally, that's my motivation in this podcast is to plant seeds of possibility, to plant new ideas that will take your life in a new direction. And you may not even realize on the impact that a conversation that we have here will have on your life five years, 10 years down the road. But going back to the beginning of my personal development journey, I don't know if it was my upbringing or the financial struggles that my my father, my family had early on, but uh, I was somewhat of a do-it-yourselfer. I would seek out all these different areas, and the library was a great source of free material. Not only the school library, but the, the community library where I grew up. But it wasn't until I was 19 when I really took on the idea that investing in yourself is the greatest investment that you can make as far as allocating time, resources, and money. Now, I can remember stopping for gas one time when I was leaving work, and I noticed there was a display of audio programs. And uh, I selected one because the title just struck me, and I needed to listen to it. It was called The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. And, you know, you have to understand, it was a cassette tape, and I didn't even have a cassette player in my car. I had to take a portable cassette player with me if I wanted to listen to it in the car. Well, I listened to it, and I was on fire. In fact, it was the very next weekend that my friend Ken and I, we we traveled north for the fall color at my grandmother's, and uh, I took the portable cassette player, and we listened to that cassette four times on the way up there. And both of us were energized, inspired after each listening. And I have to admit, over that trip and even after, I listened to that recording again and again to the point where I wore out the cassette. And if you're young enough to where you don't know what a cassette is, it's a roll of magnetic tape in which the audio is imprinted and spooled on one side And then you put it in a player which drags it across a magnetic head, which produces the audio. It's a mechanical process. But if you want to learn more about history, you can check it out on Wikipedia or something. Anyways, you know, that audio program cost me $9.99. And I was making $2.35 an hour. Which meant after taxes, I had to work five hours just to pay for that one cassette. Yet it was one of the best investments that I ever made. Because as I lived the principles, as I put them to work in my life, I began getting better and better paying jobs. My experience of life was improved. My relationships were improved. My entire life was upgraded. And it wasn't just that one audio. 
I started investing into other programs. I actually took a portion of my income and I dedicated it to my personal development. I took 5% of my income early on and I invested it in books, cassette tapes, and programs. And then as I saw the benefit of the investment, I started increasing it 10% of my income would be invested in not only books, tapes, and those types of things, but speakers and workshops. And speaking of workshops, I, I almost forgot that my first investment in a workshop was when I was 18. Uh, it was a self-hypnosis workshop, and I paid $60, $60, which meant at the time of that investment, I had to work an entire week just to pay for that five-hour workshop. And when I say five hours, you know, the majority of that time was spent in trance. And the teacher, the instructor, who was a hypnotist, did not even really teach the class. Not the way I thought he was going to teach it. If we basically sat back and he introduced a particular method, and then he played a reel-to-reel tape of, <laughs> you'll have to look that up. He played a tape recording of the induction and putting us into trance. He didn't actually lead it. And so I guess you could say it was just one expensive uh, audio program. And what's even more interesting is that I already knew the majority of the information because I had started studying hypnosis via a book when I was 13 and already getting some extraordinary results. So even the material that I invested my money in wasn't that earth-shattering, but it added a layer of expertise. It added a layer of confidence in what I was doing. And I guess my point in saying that is that we don't always get a linear result. We don't get a tangible result from a training. Sometimes it's just subtle nuances. It just expands the possibility for ourselves. So if you haven't yet gotten the point, bucket number one, choice number one for your life is to invest in yourself. And invest where your interest is. Invest where your desire is. And frankly, we are living in an unprecedented time. You don't necessarily have to invest as much as I've invested over time uh, to get similar results. There's YouTube. You, there are, Experts are so accessible. I'm an expert, and you're listening to this podcast, which is by and large free. But it's an investment of time and energy. And I'm hoping that you listen to the podcast and it's just not some passive listening, that you take notes, you stop it along the way, and you write things down. You write down the idea. And it's important that you do it at the time you get the idea, because chances are you will not go back and listen to it again, even though you promise yourself you will. Now, I have done that on occasion. I've gone back and completely listened, you know, with a, a notebook and pen and listened to a, a podcast episode or watched a YouTube video and wrote down the concepts, wrote down the ideas. And that brings me to the second point around investing in yourself is to put together a plan of development. Create an outcome that you want to strive for, that you want to reach, a level of skill, a level of expertise that you can somehow test. And it's my experience that if you don't create some outcome for yourself, either monthly or quarterly, at least do it every six months where you are investing yourself in a particular area of study with the intention of, of arriving at a certain level of competency or accomplishment. 
So that's the first bucket. And as I leave you with that, I want to also leave you with a quote from Speaker Jim Rohn. He said, formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. The second bucket is relationships. The relationships that you invest in, the relationships that you choose, will set up your life. So next to the amount of time that you spend with yourself, your significant other or your life partner is the person that you'll spend the next greatest amount of time with. And something that a lot of people don't realize is that how you are in relationship is a reflection of your thinking. It's a reflection of your being. And as a consequence, your primary relationships are the greatest source of personal growth that you'll ever have. Because you cannot help coming head-to-head with your own stuff. You see, virtually everybody can deflect, deny, hide aspects of themselves that they don't really like or don't really care for, uh, for the short term, during the honeymoon phase. But sooner or later, you have to let Mr. Hyde out or Cruella. That aspect of yourself that you hide, that you don't really want to pray it out, that you don't even want to necessarily admit is there, it will come out in conversations, especially especially difficult conversations in your relationship, in your primary relationships. And I, I don't just mean your intimate relationship or partnership, but also your significant friendships. Sooner or later, you'll have to hold each other to account. And when that happens, you'll see what's really underneath. And I admit, I've been in friendship with people for years, even a couple decades. And the, the relationship worked because we never had to take it to a level where we had to hold each other accountable. But invariably, just through the circumstances and the events of life, there's things that come up where you need to or have to count on them. And you find out whether or not they have your back. You find out whether or not they are simply a fair-weather friend or someone that you can ride the storm out with. And I tell you, once you ride through the storm with a friend, you are friends for life. But when someone drops the ball, when someone doesn't have your back, in fact, the way they respond in the storm leaves you with the idea that whatever you thought the friendship was, was an illusion. And when I say illusion or disillusioned, basically what I'm saying is that the level of trust, the level of support, the level of camaraderie that I thought was there was completely invalidated. And I'm very forgiving in a friendship. I realize that everyone has their stuff, that everyone is operating at the the levels of their competency at any given moment. And I'll be the first to admit that I actually expect my friends to let me down. Now, when I say that, I'm taking responsibility for my expectations. And I may expect more from people than they can deliver. And I'm okay with that for the most part. But, you know, it's in the contrast. Is it my expectation or is it something they promised to do and did not do? In the end, it's how are they showing up? How is their heart aligned with their body? Is the energy that they're putting out something that you want to keep in your life? And when you think about it in the context of investment, investing your time and energy, is this someone that you want to keep dancing with? 
And when I say dancing with, it's in the context of the quote from Ken Kais, who was a proponent of unconditional love. And he was pointing to a person across the room saying, you see that person over there? I love the way they dance. I love their waltz. And nobody waltzes like that person. But you see, I like to dance the tango, and I love the tango. And just because I love that person and love the way they dance doesn't mean I want to dance with them. So at any given moment in time, we're making choices about the people that we want to dance with, the energy that we want in our life. And it's been said that the sum total of the success of our life is the the sum of the five relationships that we spend the most time with. And I think these relationships are a reflection of the level of thinking and level of conversation that we live in. They are the quality of the questions, the topics, the thoughts that you maintain on a regular basis. And it may not just be with the people, you know, the people that you interact with or your coworkers, but it's the the podcasts that you listen to, the YouTube videos that you watch, the TikTok, you know, what do you pay attention to on Facebook? All those different things are considered relationships. So be aware of the quality of the conversations that you're involved in. And before I leave this topic of relationships, I want to reflect back on the idea that your relationships are a reflection of your own inner thinking. And sometimes we're too quick to blame and point the finger at the other people in our life as if it's their fault, you know, If it weren't for you, I'd be a lot happier. You know, if it weren't for you, I'd be a lot more successful. Because in the context of personal growth, when we use relationships to reflect on our own thinking, reflect on us, it's like what we're experiencing in another is in some way, somehow inside us. Because if we weren't an energetic match for it, it wouldn't be in our life. But I think it is important to say it's the ones that we maintain and tolerate in our life. Meaning that we continue dancing with them, even though we don't love dancing with them, enjoy dancing with them, dancing with them leaves us depleted and less than. I think those relationships have shown up in our life because our boundaries are not well established and they're kind of iffy, possibly non-existent. And if you were to set a boundary or say, I'm not tolerating this anymore or I'm not allowing this energy in my life, Would they stay or would they fall away? Okay, so bucket number three. What is the third choice on how you invest your time that will make a profound difference? It's the experiences that you create for yourself. I have always loved the quote, it's not the number of breaths in your life. It's the number of moments that take your breath away that makes the difference. Now, these experiences are going to be different for everyone, But it's creating experiences in your life that are set out, that are different, that are unique, that are interesting to you. Not necessarily to everybody else, but interesting to you. And I'm going to do a podcast episode soon on how to create a bucket list. You know, those things that you want and should do for your life uh, before you kick the bucket. And that's an entirely personal uh, list that you can make. But it's not so much the things that you do, it's the quality of the experiences. And I want to touch upon some of those qualities here. And I'll do that by sharing some of the things that I've created for my life, moments. And sometimes these have been completely spontaneous. 
For instance, uh, one that pops in my head right now is when I was a ramp agent for Federal Express, we had a feeder aircraft that came in a, a Cessna caravan, which is a small uh, single turboprop plane, uh, small in comparison to the 727, but it was pretty sizable for a small aircraft. So we would have pilots that would rotate in and out of duty at our facility. And one such pilot named John said that he was going to retire. He was finally going to stop flying. And he had been in our operation for almost a year. And I had developed a relationship with him, even though it was, you know, 20 minutes here and 20 minutes there. I was going to miss him. And he informed me that that had been his last flight. He was going to make his way to the hotel and fly back commercially to Ohio the next day. And I asked him, so what are you doing tonight? He said, nothing. I'm just going to be sitting in the hotel room. I asked him, would you be open to like going out to dinner and having some drinks? You know, I can get some other people to go and we can make a little party of it. So I asked a half a dozen people if they would go, and one person absolutely said yes, and uh, one person said absolutely no, they had other plans. And then the other three people said, oh, I would, but I just can't afford it. And me, wanting a party, I asked, if I bought you dinner, would you go? And they said, well, sure. And I replied, great, you're coming, because I'll buy and so after we sent off the, the aircraft that night with the new pilot, uh, we caravaned to the Olive Garden. And frankly, I can't remember exactly what time we got there, but we must have been the last group of people seated. Because we ordered our drinks, and the drinks were being prepared, and then we ordered our food, and then we noticed that the restaurant was beginning to empty out. And before long, people were starting to clean. And I asked our waiter... I said, uh, are you guys closing? And he said, yeah, yeah, don't, don't worry. You guys can stay as long as you want. You know, I'll be here until you're done. And the manager said he'd stay. And I said, okay. And then I called him in close and I said, don't worry. Um, I'll make sure that you get tipped really well. I said, but I don't think we're going to want to leave really soon. He says, stay as long as you want. And I took him at his word. We were there over two hours past closing time. But we laughed and we had conversation. We created a memory. Now, I covered dinner for the three people that I invited that said they couldn't pay. I covered for John. I, I bought him dinner and I paid for myself. And then I, I slipped the waiter a $100 tip in addition to what other, the other two people paid. So I paid a little over $500 to create a memory for someone that I didn't really even know that well. But it made an impact for John and it made an impact for me. It was totally worth it. Now, I didn't tell anybody that I had covered for so many people. Well, I did tell Debbie, and Debbie ended up telling John. And John ended up giving Debbie $100 to slip back to me, and then he sent me another $500. And he said it was one of the best experiences he'd ever had with a group of people. And I didn't find out till later that John was actually a multimillionaire. He'd only been flying for FedEx, like for a hobby. And he said that in all his years in business and with friends and different relations, he's never had that kind of celebration just for him with no expectation in return. And when I said that he never had to repay me, that it was my pleasure, he said it was one of the best investments that he had ever made. 
So what are some other experiences that I've created? Uh, Firewalking for one, um, walking on broken shards of glass, uh, rappelling 300 feet into a cave, an abyss, uh, total black, not knowing where you're going to go. Roller coasters. I love roller coasters. And then one of my favorites, whitewater rafting. And then another memory I recall is that I had confided in a friend of mine that I wanted someday to go water skiing. I just wanted to experience it. And she said, well, we have a ski boat. My dad would take us out. And I said, fantastic. I'll do it. And I got together three or four friends, my girlfriend at the time, and we all convened on Susan's house. And her dad was phenomenal. He loved just driving us around the lake. And I got up on skis. I loved it. And I never had the opportunity to ski since. But I have that memory of skiing and just being taken care of in that experience. And that's on the forefront of my mind because Susan's dad just passed away. And he was such a generous spirit. He helped make that experience for me. But there are other things that are less over the top. It could be sitting for a sunrise or a sunset. Another experience that I used to create for myself is every fall, I used to take three days, usually over a weekend, and travel up to northern Michigan, northern lower Michigan, between Manistee and Leland on the Lake Michigan side. I did that to spend time by myself, to take in the color, and especially the sunsets. Because on the west side is the sunset side. On the east side, on Lake Huron, that's the sunrise side. And if you've never been to any of the Great Lakes, they are basically the size of small oceans. And so I would typically find a a public beach along Lake Michigan, away from most of the other people, and I would build myself a little campfire in the sand and await the sunset. So it's in the preparing for the experience that was important. You know, I would go off down the beach, away from the other people. I would build my own little campfire. And by the time the campfire was roaring, uh, it was about 15 minutes until sunset. And I would sit there and watch this these cascade of colors move across the sky. Every moment, every minute, the sunset would evolve and morph into a different sunset. And then finally, it would culminate in the sun dropping down into the horizon where it met the lake, met the sky. And it literally looked as if the sun was boiling the water as it dropped down below the horizon. I could literally go on and on about all the different experiences that I've created in my life. And frankly, me recounting them would be rather self-indulgent. But the point I really want to make is that if you have to spend a couple hundred dollars, if you have to do some extra planning in order to create an experience, to create a memory, it is so worth it. Because the little pile of cash that you invest yields a priceless memory. The little bit of time that you invest in preparing is the amount of time that you probably wasted watching a movie that you didn't really like. So invest in celebration. Invest in those moments that you can be sucked in to the moment where you lose track of time, like sunsets and roller coasters and walking on fire. And if I can just talk about walking on fire for a moment, it's, it's not the ego benefit of being able to walk on fire, 
Because once you see somebody do it, you know that it's possible for a human being. It's the experience that you get to have of yourself in knowing that your heart is aligned with your mind and your body, that you're congruent and you're ready. All systems are ready to walk on fire because taking the first step is the biggest deal. So it's those experiences, those moments that you can call something up from within you, deep within you, and you get to be someone different. You get to be or experience a different aspect of yourself in that moment, in that experience. That's what makes it alive. That's what makes you feel alive. So that's my take on the three best, greatest, most phenomenal investments that you can make in money, time, and energy for your life. And I might add a fourth investment is listening to the Align Self podcast. Okay, this is your host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss and live the epic life.